really a selfless position. Uh, you know, fullback, it's, it's all dirty work. I mean, there's no real glory, and he's not really getting the ball in carries. And you know, not, I threw, it, I definitely throw it to him. Um, but being a lead blocker really sets the tone for uh, for the offense. It's a very valuable position, and uh, anyone that can create holes and that physical style toughness in the run game is really important for us. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Kyle Hey everybody and welcome to episode number 64 of the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Rotor Street Journal. We had lied to you guys last week. We said last week was the finale for season two. This is actually going to be the finale for season two. This is going to be our Super Bowl wrap-up recap. I guess this is just not not in the whole season up, uh, you know, with a bow ending things. With a bow or, or, you know, that makes it sound like a really positive ending. And for me it was... But that only makes up 50% of the cast of this particular show. Joining me, as always, the Wolf of Rotor Street. And I, of course, am your host, Nat The Truth Jones. Wolf, how you doing? I feel like it. I I know the answer to this, but I feel like I have to ask anyway. Uh, it's awful. It's just god-awful. I mean, it's tough to be, like... I don't want to exaggerate it. It sucks, but like you know, going to work today, completely hungover, just in pure depression mode, just feeling the bell ringing, your head screaming, just all you're thinking about is all the misplays or the missed decisions. The entire day, it's brutal, and it'll be good to talk about and kind of cathartically release it. But I'm certainly not in a good place. I went home and napped for the first time, and like I don't ever nap, but I was just like, I got to go home. I can't write. I can't go to the library. I can't do anything. It's kind of that funk of a day. So I figured this is just a way to do something productive of the day and kind of get all the feelings out and maybe it'll be cathartic and I'll feel better. Most likely I'll just be filled with rage and then go back to sleep after this. But see, we'll and, see. and this is one of the first things that I'm going to say to you. This is going to be a, a legitimate compliment to you. As you know, I, <laughs> as you know, I was pulling for the Eagles and I pretty much pull against the Patriots pretty, I was going to say pretty much always, but I'm going to change, anybody, I'm going right? to change like, that to always. So, yeah. but here's the deal. The Patriots lost a very good Super Bowl. Like, this is one of the better Super Bowls I've ever seen. And, and the Patriots have treated us to a lot of great Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and they've lost three great Super Bowls. And they've also won two or maybe three great Super Bowls. And then or a couple. five great ones. Well, they weren't all great, but they've won five. But, I mean, I'm all saying, three I'm saying they've been within – they've given us five or six great Super Bowls. Yeah. And that is impressive. And they lost. And that's a heartbreaker to me if you're a New England fan. Here's what pisses me off. There are so many – New England fans out there, some of which I've heard talk in person and some of which are like kind of high profile, famous guys like Bill Simmons and stuff being like, oh, I was upset about it. And then I remembered how many rings we have. And no, it's fine. You know, I'm fine. And it's like, fuck Losers. off. Like, yeah. fuck, like as a I mean, fuck it's, you. Like, I, I what the hell is that? You should be pissed off. I don't care how many rings you have. If you're a real Patriots fan, like you're pissed off. The Broncos went you know, what, 5-11 and 11 or 6-10 and 10 or whatever the hell they went this year. I'm not like, oh, we've won three Super Bowls in the last 15 years no. or whatever. I mean, I'm fucking pissed off when that happens. And if you're a legitimate football fan or a legitimate Patriots fan and this just rolled off your back because you have five rings, like, take up another sport. Right, exactly. No, I, I agree 100%. Like, it is – it's – more from the the asshole side of things, just like me being like, oh, yeah, we only have we already have five, so it's oh, easy whatever. to like let this one go. And, and yes, you can try to justify that narrative in your head, but not for me, uh, not for me, not for any real fans, like you said at all. It's that feeling of you know the whole game, the up and downs, the roller coasters. You're screaming, you're punching your buddies because you're so fired up, and everything's going great, and then bad, and then great, and it just afterwards the, the empty, hollow feeling of sure. a, a loss after all those emotions is is brutal. So anybody acting like the, the fact that we have more makes this loss any less painful it, yes you know we're spoiled I get that like that's true and I can acknowledge that that may be the only time I'll ever say something like that to justify this loss it's like well at least we do have five like sure. you know we're lucky to be there every single year but ultimately that doesn't change the fact that this just like rips out your heart for a day or two and just makes you just completely depressed it's awful it's Look, brutal. being a cool. Patriots fan is great but not yeah. today no, not no, at all. Fuck it, it's terrible. 
I mean, this is, this, one- is, this is awful. And I get it. As a Patriots fan, you should be miserable right now. And, like, right. you shouldn't be miserable forever. You should be able to look back on this at some point and be like, all right, we've done pretty well. But today you should be miserable. You shouldn't be, like, should. sitting there trying to convince everyone, no, I'm fine. We, we got five rings. Whatever. You lost a game. It was a great Super Bowl. The Patriots offense looked great against yep. an Eagles defense that was advertised as great but really didn't look like it. Um, and the big difference in this game was, well, there's a couple. One was, whereas a lot of these teams that have had a shot to beat the Patriots in the past, and let's be honest, there have been a lot of teams with a shot to beat the Patriots in the past that have blown it, and they all They've start playing points, They all yeah. start playing not to win. Well, right. you can't say that. The guys 15 years ago, like, things have changed. But I'm talking, like, the Falcons last year. I'm talking the Jags in the playoffs. Everyone starts yeah. playing not to win. Doug Peterson did not play not to win. not to lose? Yes, Playing yes. not to lose. Well, as it turned out, they were also playing not to win. Yes, um, exactly. But, yes, good correct there. Doug Peterson. Peterson played to win this game. Like he played to put his foot on their necks when he could. He yeah. went for it on fourth down. He went for it fourth and one uh, to go up before halftime, which for some reason Chris Collinsworth thought was a bad call. And I was just like, absolutely the right call to make. And, and great play, by the way. 100%. Um, so he played to win instead of not to lose. And uh, you, Nick Foles, had, you know, they had a great game plan. They picked apart yeah. a, a shitty Patriots defense that, like, I think that other yeah, people. Everything hadn't. you brought up is one of my major talking points. Is as much as this one sucks, this this lo- just losing in general in a Super Bowl blows. But compared to those two giant losses, this one. I, it, I, I was about to say it feels better. It doesn't feel better. It still sucks. But there is a little bit more of that. You know, they genuinely they just you. came out and were a fantastic team. They beat us. They did. Doug Peterson right. had the better game plan. Doug Peterson made the calls when it mattered. Like you said, that fourth and one play might be one of the most brilliant that ones. Awesome. But in general, the way Foles was able to just carve us up all night, they clearly game planned as the season went on. They learned his strengths, you know, two weeks in a row, him dominating the Vikings' best defense in the league and then coming into the Super Bowl and carving us up like that. It, clearly, they they schemed up to know our weaknesses, to play to his strengths. It was a brilliant move by Peterson. They earned that win. It what didn't come down to like a shitty fluke play where we sit and just like, if David Tyree doesn't make a fucking hero catch, we got another one. This was the Eagles came in. We played great. They matched us and they the, the plays came out to, you know, it bounced their way in the end because they had just a couple better calls. No, Ugh, the I can't Eagles, no, I mean, it. look, I just, look. I, I hear what you're saying when you say, oh, it's better. It's, it's not better, but it's like, sense. well, the Eagles were the better team. They deserved to win the game. They were. And, and I mean, and that's not a shot at the Patriots. The Patriots, uh, probably the second best team in the NFL, but they weren't the best exactly. team in the NFL. And the Eagles were. And I mean, we even said a couple weeks ago, we did the Blake Bortles challenge. and We said, who's the best team? If you put Blake Bortles on every team, we said the Eagles. And I think yep. that was borne out to be true. Um, one punt in the Super Bowl. There was one exactly. punt. Just to give you a one sense, there was the over-under for the prop bets on punts was 11 and a half. And I hit the <sighs> under hard. I mean, I was like, oh, there's going to be like seven or something like right. that. But, yeah, there was one punt in the Super Bowl. Just phenomenal <laughs> offense. Like, they could not st- – I remember the punt. I think it was an right. Eagles punt. I don't think the Patriots ever punted in the football game. And they yeah, still lost by eight. Isn't that insane? Yeah, 1,151 total yards of offense, Super Bowl record. 505 of them coming from Tom Brady, another Super wow. Bowl record. Was that I a mean, record? That was, was the 505 a record? The 504 is a record, beating his 466 from okay. last year. Yeah, so that that was a new record for Brady uh, and Super Bowl record. So that I mean that Brady did what he could. That's what kind of really hurts about this is he played as good of a game. Yes, that fumble happened late, but ultimately, I mean, he played as good of a game as you can possibly do. People are pointing that dropped catch, and obviously, <laughs> the, like, there were a couple moments that. Yeah, you, you wish he had back. But you cannot look at Brady and say any of this is well, on him. He played is, out of his mind. This is another and, thing I'm going to say that is yes. a compliment to you and, and your guys. And I don't. this isn't even sticking my neck out. I had a, a friend of mine who's also a Patriot hater. Because pretty much if you don't love the Patriots, you're a Patriot hater. And, very opposite ends of the spectrum. Right, yeah. completely. They're a very polarizing team. But anyway, exactly. he texted in the in the aftermath of the game and was like, you know, I'm so glad they lost. This proves that Brady's not as clutch as like Montana or Elway. And, oh. I, and I was like, 
you know, I sent back to him, I was like, look, you know me, I'm a big proponent of like football's a system game, coach game, blah, 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 blah. And gun to my head, do I think those guys might be as good or better than Brady? Yes, but this game did not do anything at all to tarnish Tom Brady's legacy. No. I mean, the guy, you know, I'm not going to subscribe at all to the whole like, People are like, oh, LeBron's gone to seven finals and he's only won three of them. It's like, yeah, he's there every time. Brady's there every time and he wins most of them. Brady threw for 500 yards. He never got picked off. Like, you know, as much as I'd like to sit here and yell, like, I think Elway is better than Brady, that's just an opinion thing. Nothing happened last night to make me think, oh, yeah, see, this proves it. Brady Brady did a great job. Brady played a great game. Like, you can say, oh, he should have caught this pass. That's I mean, he's not a receiver. He's 40 (laughs) years old. He's slow as shit. Like, yeah, maybe, you know, if you gave him 10 of those, maybe he'd catch six or seven of them. I don't know. Um, he usually has pretty good mitts. That was uncharacteristic. He, well, he's, he's his come hands down been hurt. I don't know. I thought he probably. I thought he was going to catch it. He didn't. Uh, yeah, now, if you want to see how to kick. catch a ball as a quarterback, look at his counterpart Nick Foles, who's the first <laughs> ever quarterback to catch a touchdown in the Super Bowl. So props to him on that. Brady probably would have gotten 30, 40 yards out of that play. By the way. I know it was insane, and this is all losing Brandon Cooks very early in the game too. I mean he that changes. Uh, you you got to imagine they had multiple plays dialed up just for that to maximize his speed and the threat he brings, especially the way they were attacking deep with Hogan. I mean, and Hogan balled out the whole t- Amendola Gronk in the second half, and then that kind of leads me to just like Gronk. Let's talk about him for a bit. There's okay. obviously next year implications on the line too, yeah. but that game. I mean, how does he have one catch for nine yards in the in the first half? and then go for eight and like 107 and two TDs. And the next, obviously they found something, they picked it apart. But how was that not, you know, clear? There's definitely some questionable parts on Belichick. And the most questionable one we obviously will have to talk about is the Malcolm Butler stuff. Well, uh, but we're on Gronk we, for now. We we'll will talk Butler. about that also. We, I mean, I'll say as far as the Gronk thing goes. And the Patriots yeah. have, you know, made a living in the Super Bowl and in general of not going full throttle in the first half. And then bringing it in the second half and stuff like that, and it's like it pretty much always works. I don't. I mean, I'm assuming they're holding some things back because they want to like keep their cards uh, close to their chest. Now it almost always works. It does. It didn't work. I mean, there's a there is a flaw in that plan if in fact that's what they were doing, which is that if you have a team that is just going to shred your defense the whole time, like Mm -hmm. you have to go pedal the metal the whole time too, because basically the Eagles never stopped trying to step on the Patriots the whole game. And the Patriots seemed like they were taking, you know, it's weird to say a team that put up like 600 yards offense was taking it easy at some point, but it seemed like they started a little unnecessarily conservative, not going to Gronk as much. I'll be honest, it reminded me of the Steelers-Cardinals Super Bowl, like uh, way back in the day when like, it's like they didn't throw the ball to Larry Fitzgerald, like the whole first half. And everyone's like, why are they throwing? And then he threw, and then he got like 160 yards in the second half, something like that. I don't know if you remember that. But uh, this reminded me of that. It's like, this is your weapon. This is a mismatch. Anytime you throw him the ball, he's probably going to catch it. He's got great hands. He's not just huge. By the way, (laughs) I hate him. He got, there was blatant pass interference on the final Hail Mary of the game, uh, which I'm obviously really glad they didn't call. But I mean, Gronk got got hit by multiple people before that. Fast. We'll get to that Hogan at the very tackled. end. We'll get Hogan to that got at the very end. In the middle of the field, like there, there was definite pass interference on that. I think th- this is one of those situations where it, it almost bit us in the ass because we do. Uh, I'll admit a lot of calls end up bouncing the Patriots' way. I've been at games where it's like I didn't think that Kelvin Benjamin dropped that ball. That was a touchdown. Again, you know, little things like that. So I, I get that, but that seemed to bite us in the ass here in the sense that they they almost went out of the way to prove that we're not on the Patriots' side by. Any call that was somewhat questionable did not go our way. Or any calls that should have been made, such as pass interference down there. Brady got crushed at the end of the throw, you know, definitely late. Hogan got tackled while running down the field. I mean, there's definite ways you could have extended that game and called it. That should have probably been called, obviously, with the stakes and whatnot, you know. I don't hate that a whistle didn't happen either. But there there's multiple questionable moments, none more so to me than Corey Clements touched All right, let's that, talk about – well, let's talk about – Three calls, if we're going to include the last Hail Mary, which I'm not surprised they didn't call that. But if we're yeah. being honest, were, was there interference on the play? Yeah. I'm, yes. I don't think that the hit on Brady was like so clearly late that it's like, oh, that definitely should have been called. Fine. But it's there was there was certainly pass interference on the play. I'm not surprised they didn't call it. So we'll put that one on the shelf for a second. Now okay. let's talk about the other two questionable, which are two touchdowns that were scored by the Eagles. One by Corey Clement, one by Zach Ertz. Yep. Now – 
uh, full disclosure, I believe to me, those are both touchdowns, but by the letter of the law, the way they've been calling stuff, I thought they were going to reverse the Clement touchdown. Um, yeah. I mean, to me, they should both be touchdowns. And I would say that even if it was the Patriots scoring them, like you see a catch. I mean, that's a catch. Like, I mean, to me, it should have been a catch. But then as we've seen many, many times this year, they put it in a replay and say, ah, the ball was maybe a tiny bit loose as they're going out. And it's like, we've seen that reversed a lot of times. I mm-hmm. really thought that that was going to be reversed. I even thought yeah. the Ertz one might get reversed, which I would have been pissed about because I, I thought he was clearly a runner. It shouldn't have been yeah. reversed. But, like, you know, th- they reversed Jesse James, blah, 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 you know, not to keep bringing him up. But I, I thought that the Clement one maybe would have gotten reversed. So those are the three calls. They all went in favor of the Eagles. Um, thoughts on those? We've already talked about the last one, so let's talk about the two touchdowns. I think the Ertz one, I have no problem with. As compared to the Jesse James one, he he took more steps. He had that extra mm-hmm. third step. He was a clear runner. That was a touchdown in my eyes, and I knew that one wasn't get it, getting overturned. The Clement one, I do have a little bit of a problem with, though, because when you do slow it down, he never fully maintained that ball. It was bobbling. It was moving in his hands. And by the time he fully gripped it, he only got one down. That one, I really that, – that one was a genuine miss, I think. And I, I am very surprised it didn't get overturned based on how often they do, how they were – able to show the breakdown of you know the real side-by-side shots of the ball bobbling in his hands he doesn't have the possession didn't get two feet in I thought that one was 100% getting overturned I'm I, I'm pissed it didn't that's the one call I mean obviously pass interference at the end of the game on the Hail Mary but you're not gonna that's, get a, that that's a tough one to throw at that state I right, mean exactly so here's the so thing the Clement, that, that's the one I have a real problem with. also and, the Clement thing the reason that I really think that it that it should have been a touchdown Mm-hmm. is that the call on the field was touchdown. Like, okay. I, I, I am a big believer in you better see something 100% conclusive to overturn it, whatever the call I is on the field. Was. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you can make that argument. Like I said, by the letter of the law, mm-hmm. I kind of think you're right. I, I was surprised, especially, yeah. I mean, I was doubly surprised because it seems like the Patriots always get those calls, and they didn't get that. That was the first of the three. Mm-hmm. So we didn't know that they yeah. weren't in the in the bag for the Patriots yet at that point. Yeah. Um, so anyway, those are the controversial calls. They all went the Eagles' way. You think you think there was like some intent there, or you just think it just kind of that's the way the ball bounced? Uh, I mean, I don't think there was necessarily intent. I do think there has to be a layer behind the the psychology because of how many have bounced our way. That if I don't think anybody said to them pregame, you know, like don't go the Patriots' way on questionable coin flips. Right. But they, you know, ultimately that's obviously playing in everyone's mind. You know, if it went the Patriots' way, it, everyone would be up in arms and bullshit and rip shit. That everybody's in the league pockets. So in a way, I'm almost. That's why just the way it was setting up the game, like you know, the fourth quarter hit, and I was all obviously all lubed up on you know fireball beers, all that. But I just stood up. I was like, as much as this sucks, that's like. You know, we're down and it's intense. This is exactly what we want. We're, the Eagles are proving right now, and they proved throughout that game, they were by far the best team in the NFC. And, and, and yeah. ultimately the NFL. the NFL. They won the game. They deserved it. Their coach was <laughs> phenomenal on the, the biggest stage, as we talked about. Peterson crushed it. And the refs, just the calls were not going our way either. So there was not going to be any excuse if Brady came back, led the troops down, and won that game. It was going to be one of those games. It would be just on par with you know the Seahawks that year when they were clearly the best team in the NFC, the Falcons last year. There was definitely some skepticism going into the game, and the Eagles erased that very early. Even from the opening drive, we saw that moving down and only ended in a field goal but it was like all right Foles is not crapping his pants tonight and then he played no he looked great let's talk for a little bit about Nick Foles unbelievable he was he played a great game incredible that was that was I mean he just looked good and and now the Patriots defense is not very good is not very good now people people can say oh they were the like best scoring defense in the NFL from week six on okay that's fine like maybe stats can be misleading the Patriots have a slow defense and they don't defend in space well. And the the Eagles kind of like not having like, I guess, a clear go-to guy. It, you know, you know, Belichick takes away your best guy. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like they had like a clear, like, you got to take this guy. It seemed like they had like five or six weapons that they got out in space. And Foles was putting the yeah. ball right on the money every single time. The Patriots were not even coming close to touching Foles. I mean, maybe, no. like, maybe like one or two times he wriggled out of something, but... Yeah, and that, and that was the protection. scouting report. If you give this guy time, he's going to drop the ball in where he wants to put it. He's got a great arm. He's always been that way. So I don't know 
how he would they weren't generating more pressure nor blitzes whatever they they were trying to do because nothing was working like he had all day to throw like you said they didn't have a single sack in the game um there's only one sack in the entire game the right. obviously the huge play at the end of it which blows my mind for the fact that there was no holding calls either you know usually that that's the thing that gets negated regardless Foles dropped it in where he needed to go. Our defense helped him out because the wide receivers were running wide open. Ertz was destroying McCourty all day. I mean, Alshon the running looked backs, amazing at the beginning of the game. I, I thought Alshon Jeffrey was going to take you for 200 yards. Then they switched, what, Gilmore? Onto him. Well, that's and and that's one of the questionable calls to me is why was Gilmore not there in the first place? Everybody knew Gilmore's our big guy. He's been playing out of his mind this playoffs and really the second half of the year. Gilmore's really stepped up and after a shitty start to 2017, he's been unbelievable. And he was the only guy that showed up on the entire day. They were one for five against him for like ten yards, no scores or anything like that. Uh, but then when you look at and this will, again, lead into Butler, I, I'd say, at this point. Yep. When you look Butler. at their other – so Aguilar and Alshon against anyone not named Gilmore. I don't know if you've seen this stat yet. No. Twelve, Foles was 12 for 14 for 157 yards in a TD. 12 for 14 against any other corner not named Gilmore when throwing to his wide receivers, which is absolutely insane to me. Yep. And then you mix in Ertz destroying McCordy all day. Then you mix in – you know, Chung was getting destroyed all day. Our linebackers couldn't cover their running backs. Clement had Clement. a Clement's nasty, yeah. He, he, he had a great game, yeah. CJ, he, uh, good for him. I, he texted me right at the beginning of the game. He goes, Corey Clement's prop bets, 13 and a half receiving yards. I'm hitting the over on that, right? Sure. Like, yes, throw sure. like a thousand bucks on that. He's going to, no doubt, even if he just catches three balls, I'll have at least 20. And then the like, th- first drive, he had a 15 yard catch. And CJ yeah. was like, all right, easy money. That's so you know, nice. That, that was an obvious one. That, you know, but our defense in general destroyed them, and that's why it leads me to Malcolm Butler. You know, what what the fuck was going on there? Have you heard? He, Have Belichick you heard the explains it. You know, he says, we put the best players in the game plan out there we felt was best for the game tonight. That's his, his response to it. So how is sitting a guy who's played 97.8% of your snaps during the regular season the, the thing that's putting your team the best position to succeed? Over and over, you're watching Eric Rowe just get absolutely manhandled, who did not know that Eric he was Rowe starting. wasn't prepared. I mean, you know, and I'm not he dissing him. He, he didn't know he was going to start until like, what, half an hour before the game or something. And got absolutely destroyed. And right, I mean, he's facing Alshon Jeffrey. They put him on Alshon. Three straight third downs, they go at Rowe and they complete him. The touchdown – gave up to, against Alshon. The Eagles had Rowe, and an Eagles assistant said after the game, yeah, we know about Rowe, and we deliberately were going to go after him when he was on the field. Turns out he was on the field the entire game for some unknown reason. Well, have They're you heard Have you heard the rumors? Him. Have you heard the rumors? There's obviously different little rumblings. Uh, you know, it, the, the one thing that we can definitely rule out is it was not just like a game plan type of thing. No, this no, no. Had, I, I don't believe you know, that it was a game plan thing for no, a second. As much as Belichick would have you heard? It. What have you heard and what do you believe? What are, what are some of the ones that you've been hearing? I've definitely well, – The most recent one that I've heard that seems yeah. pretty credible is that he was – he got – he was broke curfew and and was smoking a bunch of weed. Yep. And, yeah, that's the one I and, read, which uh, – you know, which is like, first of all, like, who cares? I mean, the the you don't want your guys breaking curfew, but yeah, who cares? I mean, Butler, you shouldn't be doing that the day before the Super Bowl. Like, but at the same time, you got a lot of people. It's not like it's just like him. He's not fighting for the exactly. heavyweight title. You have a lot of people depending on this guy. And it's, it's exactly. not just, I mean, you know, the defense is a unit. And, you know, whether Butler would have made one of these a jillion third down plays that they failed on, which, you know, maybe would have made one, which might have yep. won the game. Uh, well, but, I mean, it's that, also you work um, with your defense. You're a cohesive unit, and the other people are used to playing with you. It's just, to me, it's like one of those things where you maybe if that's true, man, you're really pissed at him. And maybe you say, you know what, we're going to end our relationship after this year. But pulling him, not playing him in that game seems uh, overly harsh to the other people involved. <laughs> I, that, I think I'm you saying. brought up some fantastic points there. The first being, yes, overly harsh to everyone else, including not just the defense, but Brady going for 505. And we're not giving our defense the best shot at stopping them by taking off a guy, again, 98% of the snaps. Like you mentioned, the chemistry that's built there. Beller has been playing pretty horrendous lately. I, I'll give him that. He couldn't have been uh, worse than this, though. But he could not exactly. He could not have been worse than Rowe. Or ultimately, they get, getting in guys like R- Richards and back. 
Adam Mosey, these you know special teamers that haven't played a snap on defense this entire year. You mentioned the third down plays that we couldn't get off the field. There's uh, one in particular that really sticks out to me that I, I am, can say with full confidence Butler would have made. Not that he's going to be on the guys every single time because he hasn't been great in coverage lately, but there was one where Adam Mosey was a third and six, the Eagles' first possession of the second half. Third and six, Aguilar catches it, contested ball. Adam Mosey's there, has him wrapped up, and Aguilar breaks that tackle. For one, anything you know, anything you want to criticize about Butler, one thing he is he is fantastic at tackling. He makes that tackle on third and six, and it's a, a you know three and out. We just scored a touchdown right before that. The momentum is completely swung at that point. If we scored another touchdown, which the way we were moving the ball, we were certainly going to score. We never you, punted. You scored, but, I think, three touchdowns in a row down double digits. I mean, that's right, exactly. Some so I mean, that stuff. third down, you know, we talk about twelve and fourteen, one fifty-seven in a TD. Even if he completes that twelfth one, and I, I, I can't imagine that it's that good, twelve for fourteen with Butler on there. But let's assume it is. Even if he completes that one, that tackle's made. They're off the field and then suddenly Brady's got a chance to, to go put it down again that's the one play that I for all the others you can point to that's the one where I'm like Butler makes that play and that could totally have swung the game and in general just he's, he's clearly better so you think any of this is in just overt error on Belichick's part coaching staff's I, I think part, so part? I, you know I see sending a message to the team I I think you know benching him for a quarter, benching him for a half, even you know whatever it might be to send that message. That's great, but you know the guy's gone next year anyways. Especially so at that point, now, like, right? You know, obviously now there's no doubt about that. But you, you had a sense that he was going to be gone anyways. Why not say to the team, even in front of them, this was completely selfish. This is horrible of you. But for all 52 other people out there right now playing, like we need you to step it up after this horrible act. We're going to put you in, not because of you, but for everybody else. Like you say, you know, mention the team, however you want to frame it. But at a certain point, it, it seemed like he had to get in there. And if you weren't going to put him in, why dress him? Yeah, you know? I wouldn't have had him. I wouldn't have had him playing special teams. I would have been like, go home. Send him home. Yeah, exactly. I, I would have done the same thing. Home. And this is where I believe the fact that Belichick has won, what, seven Super Bowls comes into play, yep. you know, because he's looking at it as a guy that's won seven Super Bowls. And there's a bunch of guys on the exactly. roster that hadn't won any Super Bowls. And they're like, yep. well, shit, sure, you, you can gamble. It's all house money to you, Bill. Like, you know, yeah, for you know, fans, so, for the team, right. Yeah, I you know, don't know. It's, I, I think it was the wrong trust. call. And you, I'm, I, when I coached basketball, I was definitely like a disciplined coach. But like yeah. the, the Super Bowl, I mean, championship game, like, you know, yeah. you, 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 you owe it to your team to try to win the game. You don't want to break yeah. the rules. You want like if someone failed a class, you're not going to put them in. If somebody, you know, got arrested the day before the Super Bowl, you're not like Eugene Robinson or whatever. Like, yeah, I probably don't put them in. But right. I, I felt like he probably should have been in the game. Let's talk for a second. What's going to happen to Nick Foles? Let's talk about the Eagles quarterback situation. So, I mean, we kind of yeah. joked about it all the way through the playoffs. I was like, ah, oh, you know, people are like, oh, what if Foles keeps winning? Like, what do you do? Well, now what yeah. do you do? I mean, like, seriously, like, what do you do? Like, the guy, the guy just rolled through the NFC and then outdueled Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Like and won the Super Bowl and passed for almost 400 yards and three touchdowns. I don't know about outdueled Brady. He played out of his mind. He had a fantastic way. I mean, game. they had Brady a shootout. Five. They had a shootout and he won. He outdueled. Them. He did. Okay. I mean, he, quarterbacks. He, he, with quarterbacks, he, like you know, one of the weird things is they're like, oh, like Brady outdueled Peyton Manning. It's like they're never on the field at the same time. If there's right. a shootout and one guy wins, he he won the duel. But let's be honest, there was no duel. Uh, no. Nick Foles <laughs> won the Super Bowl. He Super Bowl MVP. He's, you know, in the record books forever. He's the first, he yep. caught a freaking touchdown pass. Yeah. What, what's going to happen to this guy? Well, I mean, so he's got one more year on his contract. And I'd say if I'm the Eagles, especially since you have Wentz coming off knee surgery, how do you let him go? He's the ultimate insurance plan. Unless a team came knocking with, you know, multiple first round picks for the guy, I don't see any way you do anything other than keep him, have him as your insurance policy, because you know he can go out and ball out in the greatest stage of them all. So I, I see no reason, no benefit to the Eagles, unless it was an immense package for, and even then, I I'd have a real hard time giving Foles up. Uh, for a first rounder, I would I would still keep Foles. If it was multiple first rounders, then maybe we're talking about is the team really going to step up and give multiple first rounders? Do you think would you trade multiple first rounders to get Nick Foles? 
If I, I mean, probably not. If I were <laughs> who, though, I mean, like, look, the if somebody were to throw a bunch of first rounders, your, I mean, I think you you keep Nick Foles if you can. I mean, you know that they, they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, like, and Wentz is better than Foles. Like, let's let's not kid ourselves here. I mean, look, Wentz wouldn't have played better than Foles in this. I mean, like, you, he played great. You I couldn't mean, have played any better. No, I yeah. mean, you can't. Brady wouldn't have played better than Foles. Foles did exactly what he needed to do. It was like it was his his playoffs. The guy was yeah. great. Uh, you know, uh, if I'm the Eagles, I, I'm sitting on this for another year and, and trying to win another Super Bowl. A lot of people are like, oh, the Pats are in the books as the. Uh, 2019 favorite to win the Super Bowl, and I'm like, really? Like to me, like the Eagles should pretty much definitely. Be <laughs> yeah, the what's going to be different the other than the only thing Eagles. that's going to be different is like you've lost your offensive and defensive coordinator. Like you're going to lose a bunch of other people. Brady's going to be a year older. The Eagles yep. are going to maybe like upgrade like several chunks at quarterback. I don't well, know. They'll they, have their left tackle. They'll be healthier. They'll have their left tackle yeah. back. They'll have Spro- Spro- I mean, who knows if Sproles is going to play, but imagine Sproles out there instead no, to, of Clement. To I mean, me, this Clement, like Eagles, balled out, you could be looking at like three or four years of like real trouble from the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Eagles look unbelievable, and I don't see any reason why that is. Assuming Wentz gets back to health or they keep Foles for this next stretch, the Eagles are going to be, you know, they're, they look like the, the next dynasty to me, honestly. I'll, like, I'll tell you who probably really really enjoyed this Legarrette Blunt. oh yeah right, what did you think of that yards, TD. He, re- he was running hard and what a bag of sh- you know like he played great for us so I don't want to shit on him but guys man, scored you 18 like, touchdowns last year I know and he just ran all over us just steamrolled us and he's just not a talented guy and yet we couldn't tackle him to save our lives we couldn't ta- we couldn't do anything we couldn't stop the run we couldn't stop the pass we couldn't generate pressure we and yet, you, and yet you were up a point in the fourth quarter at one point. Nine minutes game. left. Yeah, I know. You know, that's that's the the magic of Brady. No matter how bad everything else is around him, it, no you, matter what injuries are around him. That, like you said, even in the losing effort, this did nothing other than, you know, cement to me my belief that he's going to always be the greatest of all time. Well, it it, it doesn't make me think any less of him than I did before. Yeah. If anything, it may, I mean, he's great. He's a great quarterback. Yes. He's a great quarterback yeah. and he played a great game and uh, he didn't get a whole lot of help. Let's talk, speaking of not getting a lot of help, let's talk about some of the missed kicks that were out there that you don't usually uh. expect. Well, let's, what, what were your thoughts on those? We had a missed extra point by each kicker and then we had yeah. a brutal miss from Goskowski, which is probably not really his fault. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on these and how much do you think these affected the game's outcome, if at all? Uh, I mean, when you look at the score, clearly it wasn't determined by four points or anything of that nature. So not a ton. But again, that momentum piece of it, when you don't get points after a nice drive, you know, the the Patriots gained more yards in the first half and then over the course of the game, yet scored less points. That adds up. That hurts. That that stalling out and then coming away with nothing definitely is brutal. After a great touchdown to not have it just, you know, have a little bit of a sour taste after certainly lingers in the the psyche of the team. I I do love that Goskowski afterwards, you see him just lay out the guy on the kickoff return. Yeah. Like he he went up high. He, He was pissed I, I like that about everything but other than that it's getting a little old you know Goskowski's been so clutch this year but in the playoffs the, the last few years you know against your Broncos just a couple years ago the guys missed some some really huge ones whereas Vinatieri was just always so automatic and everything it, it's it's definitely frustrating it's definitely concerning at least it didn't come down to that because then you, you just feel horrible for him and for the team and just the loss but Man, yeah, like you said, it's just what's going on. That's got to be routine. Some of those things when you're in the Super Bowl, like, and, and the Eagles had theirs missed too. Those things have to be routine, I think. So we talk uh, a couple of the prop bets. A couple of our best bets uh, came through pretty good. We said, you know, hit the over on completions yards for Brady. Th- those yep. are both easy. Uh, Not I, even close. Yeah. Did he double it? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think that close. I think that Dion Lewis went under. On his running total, his rushing and I total, think we, so I think was fifty point five. Yes, and Jai also, I believe, went under. I think his was like sixty yards, and I think he ran for fifty and change. Those are about the only main guys, other than Brandon Cooks, obviously, who I think went under. Uh, I mean, yeah, Nelson we Aguilar were, had a three and a half catch over under. I think he had nine. We were catches. hammering that one. Yeah, 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 we liked him as a maybe like first touchdown guy. Everybody yep. was hitting over Blunt, obviously way over his. Um, James White was a big one that we said we we're interested in. I think his over under was maybe like three catches and 20 something yards. You know what his stat line ended up being? 
Oh man, I, I know his total yards was like 67, but at 45 was rushing. I think mm. he only had like 21 receiving. Yeah. So I think the over under on his receiving was like 25 and a half, and he might have been held under. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> I know that one was real damn. That that was very close. But all the receivers, everybody had overs uh, on that, and we were pretty. Uh, Hogan, I know I was raging about him being like maybe the difference maker of the game. So I had some good prop bets on him. One thing I definitely had the Eagles to cover the spread, although gunned him. <laughs> My head, I would have said Patriots would I win, but too. I had I had Eagles, Eagles plus four and a half. I would have gone with. I would have definitely gotten that one right. National anthem. We all kind of thought Pink would go over. That's one that I really wanted to change my mind on. I just had a mm-hmm. feeling she's going to go under. She's sick. She's. I mean, and it was under by far. One fifty four. Um, also wow. came out with the blonde hair, which I also called. Um, everyone was like, <laughs> no "Oh, she's going to have green hair for the Eagles." I was like, "No, she's not. Come on. Um, she was not <laughs> airborne at any time. During- <laughs> was it orange?" What's that? Did you catch the Gatorade color? I, I it was that. it was like yellow, yeah. Yeah. Which my wife called, by the way. I I, huh? I said clear. I was wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those were some of the good ones we had. Uh, what did you think of Timberlake's halftime show? I thought he, he crushed. He was a little quiet. You couldn't hear him singing all that much. But as a performer, I mean, the guy crushed it. I thought. And I was I had breakfast with Seamus actually the the day before, and I think he predicted he the angry. set list like legitimately song by song. He goes, he's gonna open with Filthy, which he did, and that one actually won me quite some bit of money because Filthy it was like the field, and that was not one of the songs. Right, and I was right. like, it's gonna be Filthy too. So that one nailed. He he said he wasn't gonna wear a hat. <laughs> well, yeah, um, he nailed that. Of course, Seamus. He, he predicted he predicted all the songs he goes he's gonna definitely get sexy back in there he's gonna get that senorita song in there which i don't even know what he meant he's gonna do a duet with prince which we all said he's gonna do something with prince you know he got it all he said he's gonna end with can't stop the feeling i mean he had it all yeah i got that one our resident guru you know of all the prop bets was definitely our our halftime performance calls uh how about that kid too getting like the selfie he didn't know what to do uh, <laughs> had no idea what to do. Yeah. Um, so moving. Who is this? Justin Timberlake. What is this guy? Right, who is this guy? I've never seen <laughs> yeah. him before. Um, all right. So way, way too early predictions. Although maybe some of these aren't that early. They might be timely. We got a, a couple moving pieces. I want to know just kind of what your gut is on how this whole th- these things will shake out. First of all, I'll, I'll throw you some softballs. Is Brady going to be the quarterback of the New England Patriots next year? Hundred percent. He's already come out and said, "I'm coming back." You know, he's not going to go out on a loss like that. Absolutely, Brady will be back and better than ever. Belichick as well. I believe so. Yeah, there was a little bit of rumblings today with like McDaniel's might not be leaving. Is that a sign, Belichick? But McDaniel's is leaving. He's going to the Colts. Obviously, Patricia's gone to the Lions. I think Belichick's a hundred percent back this year. Um, and it's a lot of people. You're kind of hinting at what I think a lot of people have hinted at is this the collapse of the Patriots? Will this game signal the end? And I don't think so yet. I mean, there's some talk obviously with Gronk saying, you know, I need two weeks to figure out what I'm going to do next year. If he suddenly retired out of nowhere and then Belichick left and Brady was like, screw this. Then obviously yes, that'd be Armageddon. I don't think any of those three happen. I think all three are back, uh, and it's then you get you know Amendola. Obviously you get Edelman back healthy. Cooks would obviously have made a big difference that game. Hopefully it adds some some D, uh, maybe a better quarter. Who knows? But I, I don't think this is anything but just you know motivation for next year. I think they'll be right back in it as they always are. I don't th- see this as the end by any means. Um, Indianapolis Colts next year. Is Josh yeah. McDaniel going to – first of all, is he going to go there? Because he was a done deal, and now I've heard some rumblings today maybe he's not going. I think he is. I think they said they're going to definitely announce him. as Earlier this morning, that's what the rumors were lately. That yeah, I was just watching sports, and they said they expect to announce him as early as tomorrow as their head coach. So I expect him gone. His last gig, obviously, you know well, with the Broncos, did not go so hot. I do question, similar to kind of how when we talked to Charles Fisher about the Oregon head, uh, old head coach, Helfrich, I don't know if McDaniels does have that leadership type of qualities that you know presence to command a whole team. I do have full faith in his you know brilliance as an offensive mind, but he's also had the benefit of working with the greatest quarterback and the greatest head coach of all time his entire career. So I'm not completely sold on McDaniel's, especially as a head coach. Love him as an O coordinator. His and Brady's relationship. If you've watched Tom vs. Time, you see how much they're in communication and whatnot. You know he's the perfect guy for what he is right now. I'm a little nervous for him that going to the Colts is going to be kind of over stepping and we're going to realize that no he is not meant for a head coach a second failed attempt at it but he does get a great quarterback in Andrew Luck if he's healthy so yeah. you know who knows do you think that the Lions are going do you think Matt Patricia is going to like turn the Lions around I'd, I mean 
I, I'm asking you. You answer, and then I'll tell you what I think. I mean, that, that game last night certainly did not make the Lions feel any much better about Patricia. That that was an awful. You know, I've seen enough of Patricia that I am confident in him in kind of the opposite way of McDaniel's. I do think he has the leadership qualities, the personality. I think he has to suppress a bit of that under Belichick, and I'm excited to kind of see what he's like in a head coaching role. I have faith in him in that departure. I don't know how smart he's going to be or what type of you know offense is going to get put in around him, things like that. So uh, I don't know. Obviously, last night makes it a lot more questionable. I have seen, though, so many times. Last night almost felt like the anomaly where after halftime, the defense really clamps down and they figure out how to shut down what's been plaguing them. Uh, and they give Brady that chance to make those epic comebacks. We've seen it you know, against Jacksonville just a couple weeks ago. We saw that as much of it as was conservative play calling on their end. The defense does clamp down when they need to. I have faith. I have more faith in Patricia being successful with the Lions than I do McDaniel's being successful with the Colts. Really, I feel exactly the opposite. I, yeah. I, I mean, you I know, and I don't. I don't. I'm not too high on either of them, to be honest. But I think yeah. that I think that the Lions. <laughs> I think the Lions may have buyer's remorse on this before too long. <laughs> I think if they could go back, they'd probably not want him as a head coach, and he should be returning as a D coordinator again. But I have I have faith in him. I do think he's a strong leader. I think he can rally the troops well. Uh, and I think they're going to keep you know Jim Bob Cooter, one of our favorites, and an offensive coordinator, keep continuity. I think he's kind of set up well. The, the Lions are built better for his leadership versus the, you know the brains of McDaniel's. I think they're they're more of win now success type of position. All right, let's talk commercials real quick, and then we'll wrap things up. Any commercials that you saw last night uh, that really, really got you fired up? I was a really big fan of the series done by Tide. I thought Tide really executed well in terms of, you know, it's a Tide ad to kind of plague your psyche for the rest of the game. And then they kept that as a running, you know, theme. They executed on some infamous, you know, the Old Spice one that turns around and then it's him on the horse with the guy and all that. You know, I thought Tide really played it up well. Um, and usually the running series of commercials get sold, and I thought they just kept peppering it and peppering it well. Plus, I love David Harbour after Stranger Things, so I, I like Tide. I give them the MVP of advertising for that sure. It reminded me a lot of the Energizer Bunny campaign that went for years and years and years. I don't know if you're too young for that, but it was a – Yeah, it keeps going and going. Yeah, of course. I mean, it enjoy- that was like the first thing I can remember with like – uh, interruption of a commercial kind of, and then you're like, oh, this commercial's for something else. But yeah, I like that as well. What else what did you like? you have a favorite? Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, one of the commercials that I really liked, I actually saw panned on the internet quite a bit. I really liked the Steven Tyler uh, driving the Kia back in time and then getting out, and he was computer-animated young Steven Tyler. I actually thought that was <laughs> that was pretty cool. But I heard a lot of people saying they hated that. So I, I didn't love that one. That's well, interesting. I was going to say I loved it, but I, I remembered it. I thought it was cool. I love CGI. I love seeing like, you know, I mean, you know, yeah, I love seeing Carrie Fisher at the end of Rogue One as like a 20 year old when I knew that she was really 65, you know, (laughs) so I like that commercial. Um, You know, everyone's raving about the Peter Dinklage, Morgan Freeman rap battle. I thought it was all right. I mean, whatever. You know, uh, I I was a fan of um, Febreze, the the bathroom break one where they I forget they get that something out. Don't stink or whatever. Yeah, but it was like, yeah, you your bleep, bleep don't stink. Okay, I'll yeah. tell you something I didn't like. Yeah, I, what was your least favorite? That one always intrigues me more. Like, what one filled you with rage? There was a couple that filled me with rage, uh, but I think there there was at least one. I know there was a Hyundai ad where they're bringing people in, and then like these people who like I guess had cancer when they were kids came out and mm-hmm. like thanked them for buying a Hyundai because Hyundai gives money to cancer research. And I was I just like, that fuck one. you. Like, you know, like you are just so disingenuous and killing my fucking buzz. Like mm-hmm. watching the Super Bowl. It's like, come on, man. Like if I'm ever out buying a car and like, you know, they bring in a bunch of like survivors of some disease, like thanking me for buying that car, I'm going to be really uncomfortable. And uh, I, I was pretty uncomfortable watching that commercial. So that was probably my least favorite. Maybe that makes me a heartless person, but I hated it. 
Well, see, I, I, I see why you didn't enjoy that one. There was still a little bit more of a connection to like the, the positive social, you know, whatever the development there where the, the donations were directly to those people. The one that I thought was similarly trying to like capitalize on Matt goodwill Damon. just had no connection was the, the Ram trucks with like the civil rights, like the Martin Luther King playing in the background. That, that was my second. That one was probably my least favorite. Those two were my two least favorite. favorite. And also the Matt Damon. Uh, one where he was talking about like, hey, if you buy these glasses or something, it'll donate oh, a bunch of money. One? Yeah, yeah. One of my friends, one of my Facebook friends, I used to know from Virginia, made the point of like these ads seem really disingenuous, where they're basically like, oh, like if you do this, this, and this, like that'll save, that'll you know give a million dollars to impoverished company, and it's like a thirty second commercial. The Super Bowl costs five million dollars. Why don't you just send them a check? Like yeah. if you're trying to help these people so bad. So I don't know. Exactly. That, that yeah. Instead of cashing in so much on this, but yeah, exactly. Like, you know, those ones where it's, they're trying to spawn, po- you know, positive social change with just no connection at all to the product or, you know, yeah, that, I didn't like those disingenuous. That's a good word for it. Just like trying to make me feel positive with this highlight compilation has nothing to do with your truck while you play Martin Luther King. Just like in the pandering. Background. It's like, here's a, here's a Dodge truck. Here's Martin Luther King. It's like, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, totally I did not like that one, did not respect that move at I'm, all. I'm with you. I, overall, yeah. I mean, one of the things I'm a little disappointed about, and I guess there's no going back at this point, it's just like with anything else Super Bowl commercials are a big deal. You know, they, they, have just been blown up to be bigger and bigger and bigger every year. Now you mm-hmm. don't even need to watch the Super Bowl. I mean, they you literally can watch a special like a day or two before the Super Bowl and see all the commercials. Oh, really? They do, you, they reveal them ahead of time? I did not know that. You can literally watch them on TV at least a day before. And I, oh. I mean, I mean, as a special where they're like, here are the Super Bowl commercials. Not like they're and it's like, I don't know, to me, that that makes them a lot less special. Definitely. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole point is seeing the big reveal. What does Doritos have in store this year? Right. What is, you know? Thank you to yeah. the good people at Doritos for, yeah. yeah they so. always do, you know, come up with something, like you mentioned, the rap battle this year. They always have something just weird and wonky that makes you go, uh-huh, you know, funny, pretty yeah. good. Yeah. But never blows me away either. Oh, also, uh, one or two more things that, that I was a big fan. I was a big fan of a couple of the movie previews. Um, and then the Cloverfield one looked Cloverfield, pretty awesome. Which, by the way, you know that came on Netflix right after the Super Bowl. So like oh, that, yeah. right now? Yeah, it's uh, it's there, I believe. I'm going to go watch I, this I right might, now. I might actually watch it tonight. I mean, what a great deal. Like, here you go. Here's this movie. You can watch it right after the Super Bowl. I think, it, I think it's available cool. right now. I want to see that bad. And I also – um, looked it up. Yeah, wow. it's yeah. badass, right? That's a great marketing scheme. And talk about it next time. Uh, also, uh, Westworld Season 2. Oh, my God. I cannot wait. That's going to be incredible, right? Which was advertised on the Super Bowl, which is pretty awesome. What, did, they, did you get the drop date? I was probably just inebriated at that point. April. What, what is April. I don't remember the date. couple months away. That's going to be fantastic. A reason to live. Yes. Anyway, that's about all I got. You got any more Super Bowl stuff? No, I mean, we've covered it all. I think I've got it all out at this point. Uh, again, just Butler. I still want to know exactly what it was. That's like the main question, Mark, leading in my mind, because I really do think one play makes the difference. They got that defensive play. We didn't. And who knows if Butler is the guy that makes that. It couldn't have hurt, you know, the, the way they were. So that that's what's really sticking with me after the game. But ultimately, you got to tip your hats to the Eagles. They played fantastic. Peterson called a fantastic game. And as I said earlier, you know, is, compared to losing to the Giants on these fluke crazy plays, this felt like, you know, a true – the Eagles were just better in every facet other than, you know, maybe quarterback and still Foles was as perfect as can be. So it was just one of those games that you got to tip your hat to them. They, they came, they brought it. I wish there wasn't that lingering question, though, with Butler. Like if you got in the second half and it was like, OK, then we know this is how the game would have gone. I hate that there's any lingering questions and there always will be. But like that one is just so glaring. But ultimately, great game, you know, record setting game. And I, I would not be surprised at all. In fact, my prediction as of today would be Eagles Patriots Super Bowl rematch next year. Uh, yeah. What do you think? I, I think I'm, well, I mean, it's way too early to say, but yeah, I mean, I I would certainly put the Eagles as the favorite in the NFC. Although, you know, you got people like the Saints and everything. The who Saints are gonna be would be the team. I was going to say Saints, yeah. Eagles, NFC championship. The Rams. I mean, the Rams are going to be a real bitch for somebody too. So, but yeah, I would. The, the Eagles are great. The Eagles are thirteen and three team. Patriots and somebody else in the the AFC championship. 
you know, I mean, if you're just if you look at the horses, I mean, you always got to give at least some credence to the Steelers. But like I, you know, I would put the Patriots as the bet in favor. Yeah. Yep. And then Patriots Steelers, you're saying a championship game. I mean, what maybe. If, I mean, I don't know. The Steelers are a bunch of chokers. So who the hell knows? If Cousins goes to the Broncos, are they do they have enough around him to make a Super Bowl? Your guys? No. I don't. I think the coaching is what's missing. Vance, Vance Joseph, he's not going to the, the Super Bowl. No, the the Broncos. As good as that. I, I hope the Broncos don't spend like a hundred million on Kirk Cousins because it's like they're they're not going to win with what they got. They're going right. to take more than that. So no, I hope not. Uh, yeah, I mean, do you, you want know, them not to draft a quarterback instead? Depends where they could draft one. I mean, I, I don't want like Baker Mayfield or something like that. You know, like someone Mayfield. who's like Mayfield. That's the guy's going to say. If I was a Broncos fan, I'd want Mayfield to be honest. No. Not yours? Are you not the type for you? No, I'm not interested. Yeah, Watson, man. Everyone's going to be overanalyzing him. He's a winner. He's a baller. I, if I'm a Broncos fan, I'd be happy if Mayfield goes there for sure. I mean, he's probably better than anybody on the roster right now. But <laughs> He definitely is better than anybody on the roster. Well, I don't right? know. I mean, he gets a lot of Johnny Manziel comparisons. So. Yeah, he's, he's more composed as a human being than Johnny Manziel. That's not hard to be. Well, but. yeah, but but just by a little bit, probably. <laughs> Josh Gordon also is, right, right. <laughs> and that's Josh Gordon. Uh, anyway. But yes, I mean I'm pumped for the, for the not pumped. It just sucks that like football's over too. But I am just excited for the off season. Like you said, this is our finale for season two, so it's just going to be fun to really figure out how do we bring it even more in season three. We already have great interviews lined up. Uh, you know, beat writers on teams for the coaching changes. Then we have our team previews. Then we we have our fantasy wolf statements. We're, we're much more mapped out and organized this offseason so that we can really just bring it. So make sure if you this is your first time listening or you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. I know this wasn't a fantasy-specific one, uh, but I have my next big board debuting this week. So we'll obviously be breaking down that down on a new episode. We'll talk about all these coaching changes with the beat writers, like I'm saying. So we got some great offseason stuff coming for you. And if you like the banter, you like what we were doing here, then give us that review. We appreciate it. Obviously, try to find us on all those social medias, Facebook, Roto Street Journal. Same thing on Instagram, Roto Street Journal, Roto ST Journal on Twitter and Snapchat. And then me personally, you can find me at Roto Street Wolf on Twitter and Snapchat as well. And hopefully the truth will be getting that Roto Street Truth Twitter uh, firing up with all his dad tales from uh, – I get oh, the man. text. I got some both. really good dad tales too. Uh, I, I know this wasn't the time to do them because you're just not in the place to like laugh and have a good time but there have been some pretty good dad dad stuff as well i'm forward to them yeah all right next next year man good one in the books i think this is fantastic so i appreciate all the the work with you it's been fantastic (laughs) as always and i'm looking forward to doing it even better in season three all right guys my name is nat the truth jones i'm riff we'll see you on the flip side later we used to have it all but now's our curtain call so hold for the applause oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd And take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.